0: Cool. Wait, are we we're gonna start now? Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it's been rolling. But all that, all that fucking wasted time.
0: Fuck it, we're doing it live,
1: <laughs> folks. Wait, so does the Rob Bailey show work? Sure, why not? Or are you just gonna I mean that's the simplest, just calling it the Rob Bailey show. It definitely makes all the sense. Wait, hold up. Are your phones on do not disturb? Oh, no, God. my phone rings, I'm just gonna answer it this online.
0: The worst first episode ever. We don't take live calls on this episode? Maybe we will. Let's, we'll see if my phone rings. All right. That could be a fun time.
1: Welcome, 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 I'm going to say it, to the Rob Bailey Show.
0: Oh, it's in the universe now. All right, it
1: exists. It exists. So this is my first episode. Uh, we've actually recorded some other episodes, but we're going back to do the official first episode, and you just heard us decide the name. We're going with the Rob Bailey Show. It's sort of a variety show um, about life and about improving yourself and things like that. Uh, and I have a little... A little special guest with me.
0: Yes, I'm Austin Ragno, and today it'll be the Austin Ragno Show wow. as well. Wow. I think the name should be up for debate.
1: All right, right, you'll cool. see. You'll see where it goes. Yeah, who knows? When this is posted, it'll actually have a real name. Um, so I think I'm going to start with thanking our sponsors. <laughs> this is official podcast. This is what podcasts do. They, they thank their sponsors. And I'm open for more sponsors. But currently, the sponsors <laughs> for this show are Flag Nor Fail, OK, makes sense. a wonderful apparel line that uh, started 10 years ago. Austin's been on board for about five of those years. Incorrect. Six of those years. There you go. Going on seven. <laughs> go Six going on seven. Wow. All right. So sort of like you're five, six going on five, seven.
0: Yeah, I'm five, seven. Hell yeah. I ain't ashamed of it neither. Um,
1: Whereas size 11 in Pumas. <laughs> They are European, so they make them a little bit different. <laughs> all right. So uh Flagner Fail is our man, uh our apparel line. Uh quality goods, uh very limited quantities, and it's a it's a streetwear adventure line.
0: Yeah, that sums man, it love
1: up. Love Um also brought to you by Ba-ba-ba-ba. Run Everything, uh, which is our supplement line. Um all vegan. Uh we, Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fantastic supplement line. We uh how how long how many years has that been in business? Uh
0: 2015, March is when we released onward. So
1: five years onward. Yep. All right. Uh also brought to you by the person who bought the microphones, which is my band, Kill Rob Bailey. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> and the building we're sitting in is paid for by Dana Lynn Bailey, DLB Daily. Bum 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 Which Dana provides daily uh workouts for everyone. How do for, I sponsor? For the cheap the cheap cheap inexpensive price of seven dollars a month isn't that what it is yeah and she actually puts a lot of time into it she puts like a lot of time into it so my
0: question is i want to sponsor next episode do i have to
1: pay money uh you have to do something okay so we can we can discuss sponsors if you're interested in sponsoring the show uh email Uh, i made an email the
0: other day i forgot what it is i think there's like an info at rob kill rob yeah Bailey? go to
1: killrobbailey.com yeah, and, and uh follow. yeah there'll, there'll be a there'll be a contact so what is the episode today today's episode was actually your idea i don't want to take any credit away from you
0: oh thank you i appreciate that you want me to explain it yeah explain it it's just who you are i think no it, no no you had like a
1: really creative title for it
0: oh uh oh, it's on my phone it was like Jake uh, told me past my phone it, it was
1: like a resume oh, past
0: work experiences past work experiences and life experiences because i think that shows a lot of like it gives substance as to like a lot of the things you're doing now and how you got here instead of just like, oh, Rob's a rich, successful asshole who has
1: all these don't, courses. Why'd you just and say, and first of all, please don't, please don't describe me as rich. I, it sounds, I feel, I feel dirty when you say that. Sorry. Rob's just. And, and rich is all relative, you know? Yes. I'm Some rich people are, are rich in. Uh, heart. Ha- heart. Or chocolate. Chocolate rich. Rich chocolate. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, so I think uh,
0: <laughs> going over kind of the experiences that you've had in the past. Did were... you say dickhead? No, I didn't. When did I say that? You Can we? You said
1: did I say dickhead? Dickhead, rich. All right, I take it back. I was wait, just, wait, wait, I'm speaking for no, the people. No, des- just describe me. In what way? Just if you were, if okay, so if you were to meet somebody on the street. On the golf course, when On I the meet golf people, course, how do I explain Yeah, you? and you were wearing your Jordan golf shoes, and uh-huh. people were like, those aren't golf shoes. And you're like, yeah, they're they're special edition yeah. fucking fives. Air Jordans, fives, mm-hmm. golf shoes. I'm like, okay, cool, bro. Uh, what do you do, by the way? And you're like, well, I, I work for these brands. And they say, oh, aren't those brands owned by that guy? Who is he? Yeah, Rich Dickhead. Oh, wow. Well, right. it, it
0: blurts out at me like that, and then I'm like, no, 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 I take it back. Let me explain myself. Rich dickhead. No, I uh, I always explain what I do. I survey the people, uh-huh. and then if if there's someone I want to engage in, I'll tell them what I actually do. If there's someone I don't want to engage in, then
1: I just make something up,
0: or I tell them something completely different so I can just go my own way.
1: What, like, So what would you tell somebody? I don't understand. So like, if you don't want to talk to them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if it was... um. Bill Selinsky. I know Uh I just made that name up, but you know who I'm talking Uh about. If it was him, he's like, oh, what do you do? I'd
0: just be like, I do graphic design.
1: And like, oh, how do you do you like doing that? Who you work for? I'm
0: like, no, I'm freelance, but I'm busy. So I'm not looking for clients. Sorry.
1: And you give them that face, so then they're like, yeah. never mind, I'm not going to. Yeah, deadpan. And then you play 18 rounds of golf with them. 18 holes, yeah. Oh four, four and a half hours. <laughs> and you just never talk ever again. Yeah, well,
0: the so the thing out there is you do that, but then you fucking hit your ball in the green every time, and they hit their ball in the woods, and you don't got to talk to them anyway because they're trash. <sighs> so you just make sure you play really well that day. All right. But if it's someone that I'm interested in talking to them, I'll give them a little more info.
1: So you say he's a rich dickhead. Uh, no. Then what?
0: No. And then, uh, most of the time people know the building. Okay. Cause I guess a lot of people drive down highway, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are familiar with what we do, at least here in the Valley. And the, the one time on the golf course, I played golf and, uh, we were, what hole were we on? We we're on 11, yep. uh, downhill, little bit par three, 200 into the wind. And we get up to the green and, uh, the kid, I was talking to a kid and I was like, oh, how about, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. We we're getting to know each other. And coincidentally, he was staying at the A-frame. Oh, no shit. And he was like, "I, you know what's funny is I saw the logo on the back of your shirt earlier today. And I meant to ask you if that brand was popular around here because everything in the house that we're
1: staying at, the Airbnb, has that logo on it. Uh, so we stock. Uh, uh-huh. So in my, my real estate company, I've been buying uh, Airbnb cabins, right? And every cabin we get, since we own like an adventure street brand apparel line, Flagner Fail, you know, we make rain jackets, we make hammocks, we make blankets, coffee mugs, coffee mugs, everything like that. So we stock the house with all those goods. And a lot of times there are people that are fans of us stay there. Yeah. But then other times it's random people and that's how they're introduced to the brand by their like their their experience.
0: Yeah, that's just a kid he worked for BuzzFeed, video director or whatever, and was in town. It
1: was super dope pretty funny that's really cool
0: yeah i meet a lot of interesting people out there not many people i like though so oh jesus um but yeah it's kind of just gauge it that way but i think it's important that people that are either listening to this for the first time or people that have been following you for a while don't know anything about you
1: so two things go for it uh shaped my entire life
0: okay i'm excited and nervous all at the same time
1: one was my mom Okay. Uh, so my mom, we lived sort of in the middle of nowhere, right? I, you don't know anything about where I grew up. No, just
0: show me pictures on Google Maps.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I lived on two acres, mm-hmm. sweet, so a large yard, but all the kids that lived around me were sort of dick bags. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one kid always tried to get me to play swords with him in the in the woods. Ew. You know what that is? I I, I mean, I yeah. Can it's guess. it's 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 like when you hit your dicks together. Okay. And I remember being like, I don't want to do that. And he'd be like, oh, and he'd pull his dick out in pain. I'd be like, oh my God, everybody in this neighborhood's fucking horrible. Yeah. So anyway, there were some okay people in my neighborhood, but nobody that I wanted to like chill with, right? Mm-hmm. Especially swords kids. across sword the a swords fight, apparently. My God. Um, anyway, so my mom worked uh, night shift as a nurse because she liked being there when I got home from school. Um, but what she ran into is like during the day, she would sleep. So I had to sort of stay home and be quiet. And that was fine during the summer because I could play in the woods and everything like that. But during like the winter or when it was cold or raining, I just stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really have money for video games or anything like that. So there was literally nothing for me to do. And I had to stay quiet during the day. So she actually taught me how to cross stitch at like a very, very young age. So uh, I don't know if you saw that in, the, in my office, but there's a little sailboat. A sailboat yeah. That's the first thing I ever cross stitched. Okay. So I did that, right? And I always used to like to draw so I cross-stitched and I realized it was like a different medium for me. I didn't obviously say medium at that age, <laughs> but, but then it, this is going to tie in. And what is it? It's like what year? What I was age? young, dude. Okay. I was, I was, I was like, we're in the late eighties maybe. Yeah. We're in the eighties. Okay. We're in the eighties and you're, you'd probably be surprised. I, at that young, you shouldn't have like probably left me alone with needles. I don't think <laughs> right, it's, right. You know, it's like one of those things. So I used to cross-stitch and, uh, so cross stitching very big for me because mm-hmm. that introduced me to sewing and realizing that like I can make things, you know, and I really, really liked making things like all my furniture in my room. I used to draw all over and mm-hmm. like uh, Rob Zombie. I don't even remember like old school Rob Zombie, like Last Exorcisto and all that stuff back when it was White Zombie and all his illustrations that always amazed me. So mm-hmm. I'd always like mimic all those all over my everything. But um, my like some of my second or third cross stitch were the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> Just because Ninja Turtles were so cool back then, right? Yeah. And I think I had movies growing up. I had like White Fang, and I had Ninja Turtles. Okay. So this now this goes in the second part, and I I forgot that they crossed over because I used to cross stitch Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. which <laughs> which is
0: the coolest thing ever.
1: Yeah. Which you know I was gonna say it's weird, but it sounds <laughs> cool. So what shaped the rest of my life? And I realized this the other day as I was training. Was do you remember the Ninja Turtles when uh, Shredder? Mm-hmm. He he got like that island with the abandoned warehouse? Okay. You remember that? Yeah, I don't but I'm not going to like guess
0: names or anything.
1: Okay, you don't I, need I, to know names. Yeah, you yeah. don't So remember uh I forget like one of the kids went there for the first time and there was like fucking quarter pipes and skate uh-huh. ramps and there was like an arcade in there and everyone was like smoking cigarettes uh-huh. and like it was just kids just being awesome. And then like later on uh, I think like, what the reporter or whatever got taken hostage and they were like back in inventory where he had like boxes of stuff. Uh-huh. I remember growing up at whatever age that was, once again, we're at, like what six
0: probably. Yeah, at that and point. I remember it got in
1: my head and it was like, I want to one day live in a giant abandoned warehouse with everything I've ever wanted. Hmm. Like based on seeing shredder provide that for yeah, the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's compound. like, it was just like, Oh, that's what I want. That's what I want when I grow up. Uh huh. And, like, I lost that dream for a long time. Just, like, growing up, my dad told me he wanted a 9-11 at whatever age. And I was like, oh, I want 9-11s. And, like, so all those, okay. dr- all those dreams that I had when I was, like, super young, like, they went away. And then, like, in my Re-festered. late— Yeah, in my mid to late 20s, I was like—they all came out. And I was like, oh, wait, like, I'm Master Shredder now. Okay. Sort of.
0: Well, it's because when you're little, you can't fathom like how do you
1: have and
0: when you're 13, how do you fathom like oh, I'm gonna have a 911 in this big compound with all the shit that I like in
1: it. No, yeah, and I think that my imagination—it's weird. Like, my imagination wasn't encouraged. Does that make sense? So, like, yeah, it does. But that's like the opposite. You would think, right? Yeah. So, like, for example, like, because
0: I'm the opposite.
1: You drawing growing up, your parents probably like my back dad. To that. Yeah. yeah. So my. My mom was always like, oh, that's nice. Like, she was always like, that, oh, okay, that's, that's nice. Saying. But she was never like, you should do that.
0: Or you should go to art school. Or no, you no, 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 no. I was, um,
1: uh, wait, we're pretty deep in 2020 right now. If I, okay, so I was, I'm new at this podcast thing. Choose your words carefully, <laughs> Rob Bailey. Uh, so, no, I, it was always uh, uh, my dad. My dad's uh, – you know my dad. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's hes a little rough around the edges. He's softened up. So, you know, like, the new my dad. Yeah. I'm talking about my dad from, like, the fucking 80s. Yeah, I don't know that version. And, and I can early ima- 90s. I've seen pictures.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, like,
1: jacked, uh-huh. shredded, tan. and tan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just crazy looking all the time. <laughs> but it was like, no, you can't go to art school. You'll become gay. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no, I – no, and my right. mom was like, "Well, you know, starving artists, like there's no such thing as artists that make a living." And I was yeah. like, "Oh." It was a different
0: era back then for and art. And the same
1: thing for art 100%. Yeah. And there was you didn't know anyone who was a who was making it. Like maybe you did cuz you were in the city, but I was so uh-huh. isolated like out in the woods that like you were, I was like, "Oh, you're right. Like I don't know anybody." Like yeah. I didn't know anyone doing anything. I knew fr- I knew friends and bands. And, and stuff like that, but like they weren't real.
0: So the art, like was it something you like really? I did pursued. it all the time,
1: dude. I drew I drew everything all okay, the so time. Yes, you did, okay. All the time. Um But I never I never took it serious. Like I never thought I could do anything. You
0: never saw it as like a profession or a no, career. No, 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 it was no. more so just like something that you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think going like sort of never was really encouraged to do anything but sports right okay. but was discouraged to go to art school because apparently i i would uh start liking men okay which there's nothing wrong with that but apparently that would then shape my sexuality right and it was like so we're high school now you're in the
0: sports and yeah. you're not really sure what the next step well, is well
1: all it was was you're going to go to you're going to go to college to play football okay and i was like okay cool that's what you do but in the same respect and this this pisses me off cuz like now looking at the size that i am it's like fuck if i would have actually tried i could have done it <laughs> i could i could have probably played yeah but you can but once again i don't know but yeah, like yeah, yeah. that was also never thought never a thought uh-huh. so it was like i had these things that i liked but i never like dreamed big enough to think that i could do them, okay. If that makes sense, yeah. It's so like it was cr- like it was like okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go play football in co- high school. I'm gonna go play football in college, and then I'm gonna go get a real job. Okay. It's like why did I never, I never think like oh, I'm gonna go to the NFL, the next level? Because yeah. it was just never laid out for me.
0: And it's crazy how deep you have that drive now. That it's like it's almost like it's something you taught or like no, 100 taught in yourself. myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it was yeah. a gift, or it's not like that drive was always inside of you. It was, but in a different sense. There was
1: a, there was a bunch of, like, uh, experimenting inside of me. like yeah. So, like, once again, going to uh, – because I could dabble in things, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So, like, when video came out um, in, in – uh, I was in 10th grade. It was, like, we got our first video class. Because back then, video was weird. Yeah. The computers were – everything was weird. Uh-huh. And, like, I could dabble in video. And then um, I think in 9th grade, there was sewing class or uh, I don't know what it was called sewing class or home ec. Mm-hmm. but like home ec. it was a part of home ec, And I remember like, dude, they just had access to good sewing machines. And like my sewing machine wasn't that good. And I was just like hype. And just to put
0: numbers on this, you're probably talking ninth grade, 97,
1: uh, 96. Okay. 96. I think, I think, I think I started driving in 97. Okay. Or no, just start driving in 98 or something like that. Okay. I, I went to my first warp tour in 97. That's all I oh, know. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, I got a, I bought a face to face shirt that said uh, Tour 97 on the back. So all right. that's sort of how I... That's the only thing I know about my life. <laughs> um, but I, I remember they had really good sewing machines. And I was, like, so hyped, dude. And, like, I'd be, like, a little late for football practice and be doing all this stuff because I could use, like, fabric scraps and, and things like that that other people were just leaving there. Yeah, yeah, And, like, I realized, like, ooh, I can make my pants bigger. So one of the main reasons I started sewing was Jinkos yeah, were yeah, very, Jimi very jeans. popular. Huh? But, like... Once again, I'm not telling the story of like, oh, I was poor right, right. or anything like that, but we were lower middle class. Okay. So, all my friends were upper middle class yeah, yeah. just because, you know, I guess that's who I rolled with. So, like for them, like dude, they had stuff that like like they had just tons of pairs of Jinkos. And I remember being like, "Mom, buy me Jinkos." She's like, "Are you kidding me? They're $60 or they're right. 40 bucks or whatever." So, I used to steal the stickers off of them. Uh I used to walk around like the store and steal the stickers. So, I had all the stickers. But I could never afford them and, like, whatever. Mm. So I found out, and I was like, wow, they leave all these scrap pieces of fabric in sewing class. And the easiest thing is if you take the inside of your pants and you cut the seam Uh. up to the crotch and down, if you add two inches or three inches of fabric there, you have jinkos. The waist stays the same, the hips stay the same, and the pants get bigger. I think it's a very, like, hippie thing to do. Yeah. But I realized you could start doing that. And then my dad had, like, a bunch of old camo pants. So I started taking, like, camo cargo pants and doing the same thing. And that's when I started to get attention because people were like, whoa, where'd you where'd get those you, pants? Because yeah. the other ones you could tell. These ones I had the same fabric. So I could take one pair of pants and make three pairs of pants. Yeah, out of, yeah, You know what I mean by adding fabric in. And all of a sudden I started getting attention from, like, the older kids and, like, some girls and stuff like that. And be like, these are the dopest pants ever. Where'd you get this? And I'm like, I made them. And it would blow people's minds. yeah. And blew the teacher's minds and stuff like that. So then I started actually, like, taking sewing seriously. But same thing. Never thought that I could do it. Like, never even considered. It was a path of any sort. Never even. Just was like, oh, this is another thing that I do. Yeah, it's a hobby. It's yeah, just so, something to do. But, dude, every single fa- – and I was dating a girl, too, who was going – who was – her dream was to become a fashion designer. Okay. And I remember being je- – That's funny. I, I know. I wish I could find <laughs> her. I wish I could find her now because she was sort of cunty. Uh-huh. She was – what she didn't like is that was her clear direction. Uh,
0: always. Always. Okay. She was
1: she had the name of her company. was going to be like Evil Eye or something like that. Okay. And I'm surprised I remember that. But that was her direction. She was going to do that. And she was like – Set on it. Sort of cocky about it. Uh-huh. And then she hated that I would sew and I was good at it. So like we in 9, 10 – So then it tenth, makes sense. I know. I know. <laughs> so I would be like late going to – Jake, or what's going on here? I'd be late going to football practice or going to basketball or track because I'd be finishing up sewing something. And, dude, I would win all the fashion shows. Uh-huh. And just, like, I, don't, I, you, I would make a hoodie. You'd hang a hoodie on a hanger, and then I'd come back and be like, oh, yeah, you won first place while you were at fucking football practice. Meanwhile, like, she's there, Trying like, setting her up her fucking science fair project <laughs> with all her sewing stuff on it. And her stupid-ass boyfriend, who's not even there, fucking wins. So, she was always, like, a little weird about that. Okay. But I always saw that as, like, her dream, but I that wasn't my oh. my path. So, uh, one, all the fashion shows. It was super cool. I made my my tux for prom. I made, like, a white zoot suit with black flames up it. Jesus. Um, yeah, I was a mess.
0: God, I, I wish was, we had photos of that.
1: Uh, there is a photo somewhere. Oh, we have to find it. I can probably find it. It's it's somewhere. Okay. I can, Dana probably knows where it's at. Um. So you wrap up high school, wrap up high school. Now what? And I went to, uh,
0: college to play football.
1: I went to college to play football and I made a weird decision. Uh, once again, I switched girlfriends and, um, I'm what dead. you say once again, like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Was, whatever. <laughs> once. Okay. Whatever. Uh, so I had a new girlfriend this time and, um, I, I never had the dream to like move really far away from home okay you know i sort of liked the area i was I, I was i was comfortable with it she was there i think her and i were sort of broken up or something i don't fucking know um that, was, that time is very blurry for me yeah, in case yeah. any of them are listening there was a bunch of girls i don't remember but um i went to school f- for who knows ah. i went to like undecided just to play football where'd you go to school uh westchester okay university so i went division two i dislocated my show i'm um, whatever i'm not going to do that whole thing but um I played at Westchester, and was never really interested. The team didn't win. In football or school? Both. Okay, so, that's important. Uh, during high school, I started cooking. I was okay. a dishwasher who worked up to to working on the line. Then when I went to Westchester, I got a job as like a, under uh, Clark Gilbert. So like cooking more fine dining French.
0: So when you say you started cooking, you mean for for work? For you work, s- you yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was
1: working. I was cooking nine hours a day, okay, uh, six days a week. Okay. So I had off Mondays. So I was making decent money. So I was making $110 a shift. So I'm, I was making, what, $660 six, yeah. uh, at, I guess, $18. Mm-hmm. So like, I saw that as like, I'm making tons of f- – I'm making – Yeah, I'm going to keep working. Yeah. Uh, so school was getting in the way of my work. Right. And then one of the big things, the first thing that ever really like assembled things in my life, which was – Uh, I met a dude named Mike Schultz. Once again, no idea where he's at. First time I've said his name in 10 years. And Mike worked part time and he was, uh, M night Shyamalan's, uh, private chef. Okay. So he would cook lunch for him every day. And I remember he told me how much he made. I forget what it is, but it was like, it was like a real amount of money. Yeah. And I was like, well, tell me what he's like, well, there's three people there every day and I cook lunch for three people. I was like, well, tell me what the fuck, like, what do you cook for lunch? And he's like, oh, I, I, I cook, like, a, r- a really nice grilled cheese with, like, this tomato soup, blah, blah, blah. And he just makes it fancy, but it's, like, tomato soup and a grilled cheese. And I'm like, and you make how much a year? Right. Like, it was, it's, to me, it seemed like the dopest job ever. And I was also, at that time, I had just started going to a pro bodybuilder's gym. So Brian Chamberlain's gym in Westchester. Okay. I started going there.
0: So this is where the storm so is So all of a grow. sudden,
1: all of a sudden, I'm going to school. Don't care about school at all. Stupid. <laughs> um, and I find out that Brian Chamberlain, I'm seeing that, like, he's making money. He's he's owning a gym. He, he's, like, living the dream from what I'm seeing. Yeah. And then Mike Schultz is living the other dream where he's, like, a private chef. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, if I go to school for nutrition and I get, you know, my degree in nutrition and I keep up on working out, I could be, like, the dopest personal chef trainer ever and then work in Hollywood yeah so that turned into my dream for a little bit um then I found out to to get your degree in nutrition you have to go to school yeah you don't
0: just like buy it online. so I
1: completely (laughs) gave up on that um completely gave up on that and I dropped out of college after I think year one and a half or something I, I was on academic probation um just not for you I, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely was not doing well at all. Yeah. Um, I kept cooking, and then I decided, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to art school. Okay. I and remember by 2000. Somewhere around there, yeah. Okay. Two, two, well, this is like 2000, uh, maybe two. Something okay. Something like that. Maybe 2003. I don't know. So then I left where I went, and I went to art school, and once again, crushed it. Just not once again, but like crushed art school, dude. Uh-huh. Because I showed up as an adult at that point in time. I was like three years older than everybody else. The internet has just really started to come out in 2003. And these kids are all like, I don't know. Like they were, Facebook was sort of starting. I had no idea what that was. Uh Like I had barely got like a functioning fucking cell phone. Um, Apple had just became like a popular computer. Like it's all sort of starting. And these kids were like on the front line of it. And I was more like commuting into, into Philadelphia for an hour. So I just never really like made friends with anybody there. Uh-huh. And I used to just come in and crush projects because I'm mean, the same way as you. Like if you told me, hey, here's the project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't even have an example of a project. But, you know, they give you a typical project like, hey, uh, say say the, the, the graphic design project has photography. It has type. It has a script like uh, some kind of text to it or whatever, I'd be like, well, I'm going to make my own text. So it's a lot of like me handwriting things out, uh, scanning in that, cutting it out, laying that to give it its things. If there's a texture on the photo... I'm taking a photo of the texture outside in concrete. I'm bringing it in. I'm manipulating right. it. I'm overlaying it. Like, I never... If I want, if need a drips or anything like that, it's me spraying spray paint on a wall. I'm, like, literally touching every part of this project down to photography. So Dana bought me my first DSLR. Uh-huh. Um, I think prior... To, I forgot what I was using, but uh, I, I... So I started taking my own photos and using her as a model because, I don't know, like, if we're going to be selling a ring or we're going to be selling a shirt or something that I'm doing an ad for. It felt weird using stock photography. Yeah. So I'd show up with this whole elaborate thing where I touched every part of it that was thought out, and everybody yeah. else is just using stock photography and then like type and it just all looks dumb. And I feel like they're not taking it serious. So that was like halfway through year one. I was like, I'm so much better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm wasting my time. So I went out and got internships right away. Right. So you weren't supposed to get internships till year 3 mm-hmm. or 4. So I had I think two different internships and I was I was working for Mod Worldwide, John and Nina Stanley. I'm just name dropping like a motherfucker in this. <laughs> so John and Nina Stanley who I haven't talked to in forever, which I should probably reach out to. And they were they worked on Market Street in Philly. Okay, yeah. And they had a very it was in their house, a husband and wife. The husband, he admittedly had no fucking clue what he was doing. He okay. was just an awesome dude who could talk. And his wife was just a boss-ass designer. So he would go in and just crush deals and, like, make friends. And, like, he was just awesome. And then his wife would come in and just be, like, smooth. And they would just – all the apartment complexes going up, all that shit, they would just, boom, do it. And I remember seeing an invoice for uh, a very, very small deal. Something came in where they were were doing one of the the roll-down banners on the side of the building, and they were doing a couple other ads – and it came in their creative fee was $58,000. And she's she's having me look at at the creative and it's what this it's what the sign the, the sign printer sent them back a proof that they had to sign off on. Uh-huh. And she was having me pick out like cuz you know sometimes they move or they switch fonts or anything yeah, like that. And she was like, good. "What do you see wrong with this?" Like she's testing me. And I'm sitting there and like I can't stop looking the at the fucking tab behind it. This is $58,000. Uh-huh. And like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, that's what my parents make in like a fucking year. Yeah. And, you, and in my head, I'm like, they're going to get this tomorrow for doing this one ad. Obviously, that's not how it works. Right. But all I saw was $58,000. And she's like, do you see anything wrong? And I'm like, I, uh, I don't know a line. What <laughs> like. And she's like, no, they moved this text off. This should be centered. And I was like, yeah. cool, fucking center it. And like, I went home and all I could think about is like, there's two of them. I know they have like 15 clients and $58,000 those two in an intern. Why the fuck am I in school right now? Right. So I've dropped right, dropped right out of school. Um, and at that point in time, holy shit, I'm remembering all these people. I met a dude named Quan, uh, okay. <laughs> who was printing hand printing shirts. Right. So I was trading them artwork and they would buy me blanks. Okay. Okay. So he needed fresh new artwork. So gotcha. I was like just designing him random artwork, and then they'd pay me a twenty dollars design. So I would just fucking boom, 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 kick Pump out designs, me, yeah. and they would then go buy me a hundred and forty dollars in blank T-shirts. Gotcha. And then they charge me $1 a dollar print. So I learned how to screen print like by helping Quan, until they realized that like, oh, this kid's really, really serious, and uh-huh. he's taking up way too much of our time, because um, I was just. Design, design, design. Here's your bill. Buy me shirts. Let's print the shirts now. Yeah. So that's when I started doing my first brand, which is Broken Text. So I'm doing Broken Text. Um, We're living at my parents' house because we moved out of the apartment back to my parents' house. So the same house you grew up in? No, no, no. Just a different one. But we were planning on – Dana and I were planning on getting married. Okay. So we did like a six-month thing where we lived at my parents' house. Um, Once again, this is like 15 years ago, something like that. No, less than that whatever 14 years ago so we're living at my parents house and i finally i land a job i sent my portfolio and i got a job at qvc oh yeah qvc which i don't even know if people know what that is but it's like if you turn on the television
0: dude if you were a 90s baby
1: no but who knows there might be young kids listening to this shit man so
0: when you when you were going for your job um was my job interview no, no, no. When you applied to QVC, were you trying like actively to get a job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you lucky? Well for no QVC? I,
1: at that point in time I was taking silk screening as I was just making shirts for my friends. Okay. So the first time I ever silk screened was the Kill Rob Bailey shirt. Right, right. Which was dude, that was like the year two thousand one. Okay. So I made that on a speedball thing in uh in Westchester before I dropped out in Dana's kitchen. Gotcha. And I just did you know, I just made I don't know. 15 Kill Rob Bailey shirts and gave them to people. Yeah, yeah. But then when I started silkscreening on a real press and using, like, an oven to dry and, like, actually it's seeing the process, process this yeah. is different. So when I got the job at QVC, that's what I wanted because I needed a real job. Gotcha. You know, everyone had said that. Yeah, yeah, Dana's, Dana's dad, when I said, hey, will she marry me? He's like, yeah, but absolutely, but think about getting a real job. Right. And I was like, well, what do you mean hey, a real job? i I'm, <laughs> I'm cooking on the side and freelancing and whatever. Uh-huh. So, I knew that I had to get a real job because yeah. you need a 401k, you need benefits, you, you know, need all this all shit. This shit. Yeah. And by this time, Dana had already got a real job. So she's a, uh, a school teacher. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I get the job at QVC. They're like, hey, we can't hire you because you don't have a bachelor's degree, but just lie because you're really good. So it's not going to matter. But if anybody ever asks you, just say you graduated with a bachelor's degree. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that fucking easy. Yeah. Which, looking back now, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you,
1: literally, you just say you have whatever degree you want. We've met people like this where yeah, d- they say, I have all these degrees. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. You're not going to call the school. Yeah, you're not going to call the director. Or and like, you're not going to ask to see their diploma. You just believe them. Yeah. And I was like, bitch, I just saved $90,000. <laughs> yeah. So I got the job. And the beautiful thing there was... I got to see the whole entire process. So QVC is pretty much like a, a television shopping network, yep. right? So you got buyers. Um, then you've had the, like the marketing team. Buyers meaning
0: buying product from the suppliers to sell to the customer. Yes. Right. So
1: what they do is they, they go out there and shop. So they look for like the newest fucking toaster. Yep. Right. And they find a toaster that also is Bluetooth and it, an led <laughs> flashing lights and you know, whatever. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, this is great. So then they bring, uh, the buyer brings that back in, and they're like, "This is my toaster, greatest thing ever!" And everybody sucks their dick because they're the buyers. Oh my god! So then they come to the marketing team, or what was that team called? I forget what that team was called. But the buyers bring it in, and they meet with uh, like the key eyes. You remember yeah. key eye. So they meet with he- them, and they they explain like whatever, whatever. And then that team comes to us, and they're like, "All right, we have this toaster." These are the great parts about the toaster. This is what's going to make it sell. This is th- how we're going to do it. This is what our projected goals are. And then I have Execute. to come up with advertisements. Yeah. So I would take the toaster, and then I mock up my advertisements. So I'm like, all right, cool. It's a, it's a flashy toaster. It should be shot on a kitchen. There should be kids running in the background. There should be a woman like, you know, getting ready for work, how efficient this toaster is. And, blah. and she's hip-looking, and I, I mock that all up in Photoshop. I get it approved. And then I schedule a photo shoot with the photography team. I go; we, the photography team goes and shoots it. We execute it. We bring it back. We come out with our whole rollout for how it goes. The marketing team approves it. Then we launch it, and they sell fucking sixty thousand million dollars in toasters. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Bought by people like my mom. Yeah. They're like four easy payments of the yeah. Exactly, I'm in. and you see all the. I grew up watching stuff, QVC, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy, and the cool thing is, so I saw it from the toaster coming in. To how they how they picked out what's great about this toaster, so building the narrative of every point of it, yeah, yeah. What's what makes this toaster great? Then coming to the artist and saying this is what makes this toaster great. Make this graphically. Me figuring out how to do that, going in, working with photographers, lighters, stylists, how to make that happen. Coming back and then implementing it with the uh, like the HTML team. So I saw that whole process, literally um, start to finish, start to finish, and. It was like no one else was seeing the process but me. Yeah. Everyone else was like, I just make graphics. And I was like, we're in like
0: – Yeah, open your we're eyes. We're seeing
1: everything. Uh-huh. So I worked there for about four years. Um, and then uh, my first apparel line broken text that was like, once again, no ambition of going anywhere um, went away. And that was just based on graph and shit yeah, like just, that. Yeah. Yeah, just fun. We all had one. We uh-huh. all had – Yeah, I had yeah. multiple yeah. clothing just, brands. You're just like, oh, let me make a clothing brand. huh so I'd never really had anyone to look at to think, oh, I could do that. Okay, And I think that's what it was. It was that spark that you talked about like, hey, Rob, do you want to play in the NFL? You could. Right. Like, I just need one fucking person to say that to me. Or I just need to, I need to know someone who went to the NFL. Yeah,
0: and th- we're also going back to an era where there wasn't social media. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I see all these people around me or I see these people online showing me that they're doing it. So there is yeah. no like – there was no
1: role models. No, so like my role models were uh, there was, you know, ska- skating was getting pretty popular, like skateboarding. Yeah. So like, I would see professional skaters that were kids, but they were always sponsored by like Alien Workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they were always like even Bam was coming out, but like Bam, it was like oh well, he's sponsored by X Y and Z and MTV now. Yeah. So it's like, I never I never personally knew anyone that was was doing it on their own. It uh-huh. was always like, oh, they're doing it because a giant corporation picked is them backing up. backing them. Yeah. yeah. And anyone who was part of anything were sponsored or whatever. So right. that's how I thought. I thought there's these giant corporations, and then sometimes they pay attention to you. And then seeing the QVC process, I was like, oh, this is cool. Dude named Rasta Steve. So Rasta Steve cooked with me. Okay. Looking back now, he was he's definitely like – uh uh, a, a revolutionary dude, sort of a maniac. Okay. Really, really super cool. He had a skate company and like, I'm working on the line with him, fucking working the fryer. And he's like, Oh, I own a skate company. And I was like, no, you do. there's no way to own a skate company. Like, right. Also, why are you here then? Yeah, and that's what I'm like, I couldn't <laughs> process. So he's not, no I own a skate company. It's called charge skate company. And I was like, okay, well, what do you mean? He's like, oh, come out to my car. So we walk out to his like old beat up car. That's barely running. Uh, uh-huh. And he pops the trunk, and he has 15 skate decks in there, and some t-shirts. And, you were like, and I was holy like, shit. "Whoa, you do have a skate company!" So I picked it up. I remember looking at it. I was like, "This is like an actual skateboard." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm in three stores in Philly," and I was like, "Wait, so you're like, you actually own a skate company?" And that's when it was like, it sort of started to process. So I started when I started printing the Flagner or the Flagner Fail stuff. I did uh, a car show, uh, the Carlisle Car Show, if anybody knows that. Um, It rained the first day, so nobody showed up. And it was like me and Pretty Ron uh, at this car show. And like Speed Freaks were there, which was another company I was printing printing for. And um, day two, people came around. And because it was wet, everyone's clothes got wet, so they all (laughs) needed stuff. And, bro, I sold $1,800 in shit. Now, QVC, I was making $38,000 a year. Right. So I came back, and I was like, I made $1,800. I didn't think about, like, anything. I just, like, yeah. I made $1,800. 18- you were like,
0: I just made two weeks pay in a couple yeah. of hours. Yeah, and I was like,
1: so if I work two weekends a month, uh huh, I don't have to work full time anymore. Yeah. Plus, if I do some freelance work, because I was freelance designing. And so I did that for, like, a year, I think. When you say you did that, you're saying Flagner Fail and QVC? Flagner Fail and QVC and At freelance. Okay. So we had bought a house and we were like broke. I didn't realize how real life worked. Like I thought you got a job and everything was like, it all sort of and worked you're out. Done, yeah. So like we got a job and like all of a sudden, like the hot water heater broke and, uh,
0: real life. shit. We
1: couldn't fix it. Cause uh-huh. it was $400. So for like four months, we went to the gym and Dana would, we would train in the morning and then shower. Some mornings we would just go and shower and she would like do her hair and everything and get ready at, world's gym yeah and then after sc- after work we come home and sh- train and then shower there because we didn't have hot water at the house uh-huh. it was like four months until we could save up four hundred dollars and like i have since purchased that gym and i own it now but which is sort of
0: which is the warhouse gym which feels really cool yeah.
1: but like yeah for four months it was just like she was like are we closer i'm like all right well we have 320 dollars saved up like another month and, and just think back like Crazy. Fuck man Like yeah. crazy But I thought that's what real life was Like yeah. I thought real life was Yeah you're just limited So I started freelancing like heavy Because I didn't feel like a man I felt like You didn't feel like
0: a man Because why Well I provide... felt like a man
1: Like I, I couldn't take I couldn't take her out to eat Yeah You know what I mean I couldn't get the hot water heater fixed Like right. I couldn't do anything I was just this like This dude who was just Going to work every day And like Couldn't uh, Like uh-huh. we couldn't buy new clothes We had to buy the dog food That cost fucking $12 a bag Like right. You know just everything felt weird Um, And like we had a house, we had all the stuff, but it just, it it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like this was life. Yeah. You know? So I started freelancing, uh, I started making some, some decent money freelancing. Um, we, we also started YouTube, uh, which she started to get like a little bit of attention on YouTube. This was back when YouTube was first starting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Dana started to get like a little popular online through the YouTube and going to things. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to put flag nor fail up on the internet for sale so i put flagner fail up for the internet for sale and back then i looked back at those posts on facebook i thought i was killing it dude I, we were getting like 10 comments yeah but i think back now and i'm like we're crushing it on comments mm. and engagement and it's like 10 it was new to you it's a different era of yeah social. and it was also 10 people that i had no idea who they were yes yeah, so commenting on something uh-huh. like it was the biggest thing in the world and to this me. is 2010 this is This is late 2009
0: going into 2010 2010
1: is when I made flagner fail a real brand with the government with a bank account prior to that it was just PayPal so I put up uh, these pink tank tops with uh, a hand script across the front that said flagner fail right hand print them in the garage and I sold three or $75 worth it's $25 piece $75 worth over the weekend. And like I didn't check the account for some reason. Which, is, thinking back now, it's like sort of crazy. Like uh-huh. I put them up for sale and didn't look at the internet for two days and came back Monday. I was like, I made seventy five dollars this weekend. I was like, between <laughs> the eighteen hundred dollars that I can make on a Saturday and this, like, fuck a real job, bro. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's what we did. I, it was it so you was. You just
0: sent it on QVC and was like so. Well, it was a,
1: so a four hundred dollar investment uh-huh. in apparel, um, and I printed it in my garage, and that's when I sort of. That's when I, everything started to get really, really weird. So up until that time, I was straight edge. I didn't drink. And I didn't smoke uh, from, I think, 15 years old until whatever I am at that point, 25 maybe. And I started working ridiculous hours. Mm-hmm. And I took everything I learned at QVC. And I was like, okay, you have to have a narrative. You have to have something that people believe in. Yep, the people have to want the product for some reason. Yeah. And right now, we're just making T-shirts. So they're going to want the product because of, of Dana being behind it. And then they're going to want it because it's limited. They're going to want it because it's a small brand. They're going to want it because I I was first to market in fitness. Uh Like I'm comfortable saying that now where there was no other like indie skate streetwear brands in fitness. You know, there was, there was a couple brands out there, but like not really. Now there's tons. Now Mm -hmm. there's fucking, there's a million and there's a million that are once again, doing better than I I am now. And I'm fine with that, but we're not really fine with that, but you know, working (laughs) towards it. But, uh, so we started it and I was like, I'm printing it myself and it's just crushing me cause I'm printing, I'm filling orders, I'm doing, uh, everything. And I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm like the hardest motherfucking worker ever. And I was like, how do I show people that? How do I show people that I'm actually working 20 hours a day? Yeah. Cause this was like social media had started really flexing about how hard people work at this okay. time, but I wanted to show people and I was like, all right, so like, how do you, how do you show people and I was like, "Oh, there's this new site called UStream, Ustream yeah. right?" So I used to set my laptop up, hook up to the, we have Wi-Fi at that point, yeah, hook up to Wi-Fi, and I used to play dubstep, of course, of course, <laughs> and I would UStream myself printing, and I'd I'd literally be out there working twenty hours, so it was pretty much like, hey, and there's always like seventy-five people signed on. It's like, hey, like I am the hardest. Fucking worker. I used to, pee, yeah, I used to drink, I, I used to drink uh diet tea and then turn around and pee in the bottles so they couldn't see me peeing. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that like if I smoke black and milds, I literally stay up for as long as I want to stay up. So I could work for twenty hours. I stopped going to the gym. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I am the hardest worker. Sign on this fucking uStream that's been on and for watch. six days, <laughs> and I guarantee if it's three forty-five in the morning, I'm out there just ripping. So we did that for a long time. We took that $400 investment. We flipped it. The next month I made eight grand. The next month I made 12 grand. The next month I made like $24,000. And I got to a point in time where the brand maxed out. Flagner film maxed out. I think the first year we made $164,000, but the brand maxed out at like making like $45,000 a month. Cause I was printing. I, all,
0: you're only capable of so much. It was regardless me. Of it was
1: Dana working part time, helping uh-huh. pack orders. And it was this girl, Sammy. And like, dude, forty thousand dollars a month when you're printing everything and you're doing everything, it was just like I couldn't do any more. Yeah, I got my first warehouse. It was like this abandoned-looking fucking shithole warehouse. I just couldn't. I was like maxed out, and I finally got Drew on. And dude, the fucking the month Drew came on, we went from forty thousand to sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. Then we went to a hundred, and just kept fucking kept going. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I realized like how valuable it is to like add really good quality people like you need worker bees but like if you add a big brain motherfucker that like can really step back and analyze something and solve problems crazy yeah um around this time too equally growing the biggest marketing stream was dana Mm -hmm. so the other thing i'm doing is i'm just videotaping like we're not talking at this point in time like our relationship's very weird like we don't hang out i just i just work And then she works all day and then we film and then I go edit. Like as soon as I'm done filming, I'm like, I got to print shirts and I got to edit these videos and get them on the internet. So she started to blow up on YouTube and it all just started, started to grow from there. I'm sure I'm missing tons of stuff in there, but that's like, that's like the come up story. And then I think the biggest thing is once I got that spark and I realized, once I realized that it wasn't corporations, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't these giant magical things out there. Like it wasn't like, uh what was it alien alien farm boards or like or like even like uh gt bikes or all that Uh like we all grew up watching rad and all those things and it was always it was always these big corporations that sponsored kids and that's how they did stuff and from seeing qvc and then sort of incorporating taking dana around the fitness industry and getting her to the top not by winning shows not by doing anything like that by literally just going around the industry and getting dana to win fucking miss olympia turn pro and win Miss Olympia. And then starting a brand where it was like, oh no, I just hired my brother. Uh Like I'm paying my brother a good wage. I retired my mom Mm -hmm. like year one and a half. I was like, Hey mom, how much money do you need to retire? And she's like, Oh my God, I need whatever it was, $1,600 a month. I was like, boom, here, done. Mm -hmm. Retire yourself right now. And like, I realized that it wasn't the big corporations and that giant spark hit. And then it was like, okay, cool. I can do anything now. Right. And that's what it was. I wish that, Looking back now, dude, it's, like, I wish that someone would have had that conversation with me when I was... Yeah, but, like... But whatever. I mean, no yeah. no regret or anything, but it's, like, it's, it's realizing that uh you can literally do... We're about to have a Daylon Bailey and a Kaya enter, but you can literally do, like, anything right. if you want to figure it out and do it. And I think that that was... Once I figured that out, that's why we just... I just kept starting brands and kept doing things, opening gyms and all that shit. Yeah. And, like... It just, it just all clicked, I think. And it was just like, oh no, there's, there's, it's not a work-life balance. You know, it was like, whatever you want to do, make that your work and just fucking live life. If you want your brother around you, if you want your wife around you, if you want your friends working around you, like create the lifestyle that you want and you can do that. And I think, I, I literally believe that everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that not everyone can go the path that they want, but there's a way for them to do that. Yeah. And I think getting that spark and realizing how things all click and then realizing that's going to be really, really, really hard. And a lot of times it's not going to seem like it's going to work. Uh, that's, what, I don't know, that's sort of what I, I don't know, if I ever have a kid, that's what I'm going to tell them. You can do anything, little motherfucker. Be an astronaut. You Literally. <laughs> But that's, I mean, you know, and I have that, like, wild-ass belief, right? I think you do, too. Yeah. But I have that belief right now that, like, you can say, jokingly, like, Ugh, be an astronaut. Bitch, I could be in space in two years if I wanted to be. Right. And, like, I don't doubt myself at all mm. saying that.
0: And it's cool to hear the story and see that, like, it, you weren't someone who got lucky. You were someone who learned from experiences, yep. always had your eyes open, and made the most of them, and realized, oh. like... All right, all of this shit happening, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether I think it means something or nothing at all, yep. it relates to me and there's something to pull from it.
1: Yeah, like even I think back to being a dishwasher, I think back and it's like being a dishwasher, most people take that as like, oh, this is the like the most worthless, meaningless yeah. job ever. And I think back to like all the shit that I learned because I just want to be the best. Right. I want to be as fast as I could. I want to make everyone happy. I want to impress people. Um I just started lifting. So like I was really concerned about like how my shirt fit and Mm -hmm. like having like even like the waitresses notice that like I was in shape and like, you know, like I was like that young hustling dishwasher that was like I realized that the harder I worked, the more that everyone there was like, whoa, dude, you're a fucking badass. Like, oh, yes, I am seeing how I could do things more efficiently. So just because the silverware was set up here when I got there and I got the job doesn't mean it had to stay there forever. I would go to my boss and say, hey, man. The silverware bucket here, the plates overflow and get the food in it. Would there be any way that we could set up something where we put the silverware over here and I can be so much more efficient with it? Or if I get one more silverware tray, I can run them, you know, offset them. And like all these little concepts of how to make my job more efficient. And then you look at it now, it's like, that's literally what we do now. I walk in the back and I'm like, okay, cool inventory. We have 3000 orders to fill in the next six hours. How do we do it efficiently? And it's, it's just the same fucking thing I was doing when I was washing dishes. And that's one of the biggest problems is I hear so many people have been like, oh, I'm going to do this after I'm done this stupid job doing this. And it's mm-hmm. like, bro, that's stupid job. Like, you figure out, you pull out the points in that that make you a monster. And, like, then when you go do whatever you're going to do, like, that's your fucking training. That's your college. That's all that shit. Yeah. And it's like everyone wants to, wants to, like, discount that and skip it. But I think that's one of the biggest things I ever did is I was, I was and I was instilled, like, that was my dad. Mm-hmm. 100% my dad. My dad my dad's the one who did that and it was unfortunately it was done out of fear. Um and once again wasn't beat or anything like that, but it was just so ruthless. And I didn't see him. So when I did see him um and like uh bonding time together was always work. Right. So it was like okay, we're going to change the tires on the truck. We're going to clean the truck. We're going to change the oil in the truck. We're going to get firewood. We're going to stack firewood. We're going to fix the roof. And everything that he did, whenever he gave me a command, he would yell at me. So there was never like, hey, can you pass me a wrench? it was like, give me a wrench. And I was always like, fuck. Like, I mean, right. you just felt like you were in trouble. So from a really young age, what I tried to do is I was always trying to figure out, like, what is Be the next step? Yeah. Because, like, whatever he's doing now, I need the next thing in my hand. I need to make sure that there's nothing around him so he doesn't step on, uh, like, changing the oil. When he rolls out, he can't knock over the oil filter because they'll get oil on the ground. Right. And then he's going to need this wrench. He's going to need a rag. And so I was always thinking like five steps ahead because I didn't want him to yell at me. Mm-hmm. And then I would do it and I didn't get praise. You know, it was just like, give me a rag. And I was like, boom. And I was like, oh, I got him a rag. Like, But like he didn't say like, oh, that's cool that you did it. But I was always trained that like you have to be more efficient. You have to be better. You have to think ahead. You have to be fucking ready. Mm-hmm. And – you know you have to wake up early you have to work hard like but i never got that oh congrats you just yeah, did it
0: you were conditioned uh-huh. to not expect like oh well i just did my job so where's my thank you mm-hmm. or where's the pat on so the back there was
1: even days where it was like hey we're going to stack firewood and he would like run to go get a newspaper and i would split all the firewood and stack it and do my job and know that he was going to come back and it was going to be like 6:30 in the morning on a saturday and he was going to have me ch- and i I'd, I'd have it all stacked mm-hmm. i'd be like you stacked all that wood I'd be like yeah like, all right, cool, we're going to go get more. Okay, cool. And then we'd go get more, and then he'd do the same thing. He'd be like, what, you're moving slow, do this. And so yeah. it was like, there was never a celebration, which is something I'm trying to work on now, but it conditioned me, always think ahead. You just, uh, It's it, fucking dope, dude.
0: And it's cool because, um, like, from my experience, I was the opposite growing up. Like, always told, like, oh, my art was great because I, I always drew, I always yeah. did this, always did that. But then you conditioned me to, in that same sense. Yeah.
1: When you came in, you were, you were interesting, but Mm -hmm. like, you were definitely just like one of those kids that was like a really good artist, Mm -hmm. but like, no, like your structure wasn't really there. Everything was like really loose. And
0: from like, from when I came on and it was like stuff had to get done, I just did my job and it was never, you were never like, Oh, you did great on that. Or, Oh, thank you. It was just like, so I conditioned. Yeah. To be that way, yeah. and now, now that we have like a team and stuff yeah. like that, I'm trying to break that mold because uh-huh. I realize not everyone responds. Now you're like
1: buying breakfast for people on Fridays. Yeah.
0: Now I'm like, I'm realizing that mm-hmm. not everyone responds to like not getting that, yeah. um, whatever you want to call it. Not even gratification, but just like a thank you goes yeah. a long way. And I think it's just cause like when I came on, I was so nervous and scared that I was gonna fuck up because. There was numerous times you told me, hey, if you ever do that again, you're fired or I'll send you home. And not in like a bad way, but just like, no, pay attention. When I tell you not to change the color of the word nor in flag nor fail, just don't do it again. Yeah. And I I don't
1: modify the fucking logo at your leisure. And and, and
0: I never took it as like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Hmm. I was just like, "Okay, yeah, there's I think I think
1: think one of the big differences is you like you slept at the warehouse too. like you were in it with me to the point where like. You saw that it wasn't just <clears> – <throat> what did you call me earlier? A rich dickhead? It wasn't just a rich dickhead showing up saying, oh, do this, do this, do this. I'm going to go back to my fucking yacht. No, we were you grinding s- yeah, together. Yeah, you saw me grinding, and you saw, like, oh, there isn't time to sit around and suck each other's dicks. Right. Because, like, as soon as we crush this, we're late for this next dialogue. And, like, the reason that we're not celebrating, the reason that we're not, like, patting each other on the back is because there's no time to. No, there's more shit we're, to do. We're trying to fucking take over the, take over the world. Yeah. And – I think that as we brought people in and, and bigger, they weren't as, we di- they didn't understand the mission. Like I didn't even explain you the mission. You saw it through me working. Yeah. So I we think she had an office. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think as we added people, people didn't realize that like, oh, Rob and Dana are going to fucking texas for three days they thought we were partying in texas yeah, yeah they don't realize that like you go down there you sign for fucking six hours you go here you, you do that eat. you don't get to eat you barely get the train you go back you do this you do this and then by the time you're done you're like what'd you do in texas you're like i didn't do a damn thing i was bro. inside at the expo we, we filmed <laughs> we filmed and shot three videos uh-huh. where we made it look like we have as much fun as possible We did this, we met with this person, we had to eat dinner with this promoter, and then we flew back and came home in the back of the fucking plane. And like, my back hurts now. Yeah. But like, you were there, you saw that. Other people were like, oh, they're traveling, must be nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, once again, all those things come together. I never really got good at explaining what the mission was to people. So Uh people come on the team and they're there to fight. And then, like, they don't really know why they're doing stuff. And, like, they don't know why no one's saying thank you. And they want to be right. pat on the back. And they want all this this, uh, this shit. And it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't do that. And,
0: and I was also – I came – I was lucky enough to come in where, like, we weren't at the peak yet. Well, yeah. like, I came in and, like, we were in a good spot. But, like, we knew there was another level and we went to that another level. Yeah. And then we launched other brands and yeah. we did other things mm-hmm. and we grew bigger. It wasn't like – I think now you see the brand and it's like, oh, established brand, been around 10 yeah. years, has yeah. a supplement company that's been around for five, five years, years and has a gym on the East Coast. It's like, now back then we had Flagner fail and Dana. Yeah. Like music was starting well, to Well, we started be doing camps and, and we started, the gym started coming out. Like, yeah. So I think I was lucky enough to be in at an yeah. early stage of it and mm-hmm. be able to be a part of like the yeah. whole journey. Which
1: is why you're conditioned to the, I think the person you are. Did I, am yeah. I
0: like sort of your dad? You are my dad. <laughs> All
1: right. Where Where are we
0: at time-wise? I'm probably at f- four, four hours. Uh, we're two minutes. Into an hour.
1: two oh, minutes wh- that I- felt way longer. Is than that an a hour. PR? No, it's not a PR.
0: No, because this is our first episode.
1: Desert oh, hey. trick question. Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, that's. I think that that's my come-up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think there's a different like if people are interested in like, what I do now. Like, and what you do now, and oh. I think even just like the growth of Flagner Fail.
1: That's totally different. Because like dude. we
0: only got up to when Drew came on. Yeah. So like we only got up to 2014, probably. Yeah. yeah. Whenever Drew came on. Yeah. So like. I think Flag- Drew came Flagner on in like 2012. Flagner honestly. Fail is a completely different story. But Ugh. I think like that, as you as a person, I think, I yeah. mean, there was stuff in there that I never
1: heard before. And right. I've heard you tell stories. I started. Your story so my comes. first business, you want to know that?
0: Your first business? My first business. Are you going to say you were like selling Girl Scout cookies? Jolly Ranchers, stop. Jolly
1: Ranchers? Yeah.
0: Wait, I'm right? Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. All right, so no, 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 no. So I, I told you I live in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. There was this place called Highland Orchards. Okay. And they had like a little tiny like hometown convenience store. So I wasn't allowed to have soda growing up. My my mom just didn't believe that you could have soda. So what I would do is I would steal change from my dad's change jar. Okay. Right? And then it was like a two mile walk through like people's yards and like blah, blah, blah through the fields and shit uh, up there. It would take, I think it took like an hour and a half. Maybe it was longer than two hours now, I think about it. <laughs> but it was a full day thing. So on Saturday, you'd walk up and they had the long Jolly Ranchers. Remember those? Uh uh-uh. uh. So they have like the new square little Jolly Ranchers now, but Jolly Ranchers used to be uh, longer because they would break. They were a lot like, what are the other long things called? But they're more taffy. Twizzlers? No. Airheads. Airheads? So they're more like airheads, but they're like longer like that, right? Okay. So I used to buy those, and they were $0.10. Cents, and I used to sell them for $0.25. Cents. You're showing your age here. I don't care. <laughs> I'm 36. Um, but I used to buy them for $0.10 cents and sell them for uh, $0.25 cents a quarter. That's a good profit. And, dude, all day long. That's what I fill my lunch bag with. i take them <laughs> to school. And one of the things I used to buy, I was saving up for a boombox. But hey. one of the things I used to buy is I used to buy uh, back – remember when Shaq – Oh yeah, came out with the Shack uh, like one liter soda. Uh-huh. It was like the downfall of the the nation.
0: Wait, so you used to buy and resell those?
1: No, no, no. I used to drink that. <laughs> so I would walk like an so hour. So you went and a half from not being there.
0: allowed to have soda to drinking. Well, the only way the, the only way soda. the only
1: way I could get there the the Shack Big gulp or whatever it was, yeah, I would walk there and then I'd buy that and I would drink it on the way back and just give myself a belly ache Jesus. and then I would sling Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, that's a good hustle. But that was like yeah, it was like my, my first time that I realized and I was like oh wait like. I'm gonna get this stereo. It was a hundred dollars. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how long it took me, but it took me a very long time. But, uh, am my first business. Hell yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Thanks, man. I, I I like how you made fun of me and said it was Girl Scout cookies. I would no, Well, I didn't know if like you were being serious or if
0: you were gonna be like, oh, I did this. Cause oh, like you know about my first job. No. Yeah, you do. Girl Scout cookies? No, I per- used to scratch my dad's back to make quarters. <laughs> 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 that was my first job. He's I the, remember that. The hustle the shit out of. <laughs> yeah. At, dude
1: i remember when you told us that because because uh yeah that was when you first came on you were like yeah, yeah. he scratches
0: that, that was my hustle and i was yeah. like wait what and Sa- you're like saturday my, night after church
1: your dad would lay on the ground yeah and your your hat i would
0: yeah your, i i would lay on the couch above, and your
1: hand you and you would scratch his back and he'd pay you a quarter
0: a quarter a half hour Whew. so the trick was you just had to catch him at a good time when something was on tv so like saturday night after church uh you call couch and that's who gets to sleep on the couch. Like me and my brothers and my dad would all sleep in the living room. Yeah. And that was like our slumber party or whatever yeah, on yeah. Saturday nights. Um so as long as you got a slot where it was like something good on T V, you could sit there and just wiggle your fucking fingers around for two hours. Like if you caught a good movie to like scratch his back for two hours and make two bucks or no, a dollar. <laughs> a
1: dollar. Yeah. I was going to say, you were going to get the math. But right. then
0: I think when me and my brothers got older, we started like hustling a little bit and being like, well, we're, if we're not on the couch, then like the interest rate goes up because now the forearms at a different angle. And then like, that's there, very, you. There was like a two hand massage. There was like all types of shit, but yeah, we used to get quarters back in the day. That was my first job. That's it.
1: That's all right. It. Well, on that note, <laughs> I say we end this shit. On
0: that note, I think uh, we're going to try to put this on all of the platforms or something. Or Bro, they're already, they're already listening to it on a platform right now. Oh, yeah. You don't need to. Yeah, but they need to leave feedback.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's what. Yeah. Give us a five-star review, bitch. Is that what people say?
0: Like, comment, and subscribe? No, no, no. Just. Is we just need, what do you say, Jake? That's YouTube. Leave, leave a on yeah, leave
1: us a review. And a rating. Take a screenshot of you listening to the show. Can you guys hear him? Take a screenshot of you listening to the show. <laughs> Post it on Tinder.
0: Tag. We don't have. Tag me. Tag, tag Rob Bailey. Ro- tag yeah. Kill Rob Bailey. Kill Rob Bailey.
1: Oh, uh, we started no, to come with a better name. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it. Do we have a sign out? Uh, Do we want to
0: thank our sponsors again?
1: No, Dana. D- should we get a sign out? Yes. Yeah. What is it?
0: What was the one you oh. say in the YouTube videos? It was, oh, no. no, I so I no, ever, for a while it, it was the like same thing,
1: wasn't it? after a while crocodile or something. No, you know what? You know what? A g- really good one is that Dana has. It's from uh, Home Alone, and I, I wouldn't mind if we kept doing it. But I, but <laughs> but whenever Dana gets tired or anything, I'm like, say good night, Dana. She goes, Good night, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> say good night, <Rob. laughs> Say goodnight, Dana. Good night, Dana.
0: All right, that's it. So what do I say? Bye. That was it. You're talking after the outro. Oh, bye bye. Say good night. Say goodnight. <laughs>
1: Say good night, Austin.
0: Good night, Austin. <laughs>